0: Hello and welcome to the Life Church audio podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm going to be shorter than I was in the offering. No. <laughs> no I'm not. I'm just it's just a joke. It's not going to happen. Um, if you're visiting so glad you're here. Um, it's really I know you can be any other place today, but you decided to be here, I hope that God will speak to you and that um, the word that you hear will inspire your heart to just go deeper in your relationship with Him. We serve an amazing God. We love serving Him. Um, This is an amazing body. I want to say again to everybody that stepped up during the conference, man, I'm so proud of every single one of you. We had 159 ladies register for the conference, which is amazing. It's the first time we've done it. Um, and I know that it's going to make an impact in this community, uh, in this church, but also outside of the church. People's lives are going to be impacted because of it. So uh, thank you, Laurie, first of all, for, for from... Um From us as a church, just the support that, that um, Life Center has shown us, um, you and Jason are inspirational, and um, we, we're thankful for the work that you're doing. And for everybody coming from Ottawa, you guys are amazing, um, although I know it's cold and freezing and snow there, so it's not really a sacrifice because <laughs> we, <laughs> let's just say it's way better here than it is there right now. So, but anyway, let's say it's a sacrifice. Thank you for making You know, thank you for making it. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, So uh, I I want to, can we bring up the slide for for the the 21 days of fasting? I was going to bring it into the message, but maybe I don't get there. So I'd rather going to put it up there now. So on the 10th of April, we as a church, we're going to start a 21 day fast and prayer. Um, Now, I want to encourage every single one of you to participate with us because as a body, we want to have a greater impact. And we know that uh, God says, what, what is prayer? Prayer is us giving heaven access to interfere in our lives. So the more we pray, we are the more we, we are praying, the more we are saying, God, come and have a diff- make a difference. Make a difference in my community, in my family members, in my friends. Come and make a difference. I'm, I want to participate in that. So for 21 days, we are going to pray for, for those who are lost. Um, we're going to pray for... Um, those in our families, our neighbors, our friends, our children um, who don't know God yet. And we're going to not pray for ourselves, but we're actually going to pray for others and say, God, we want to be a people that serve and love other people. So that little QR code right there, I want to encourage you to take out your phones now, please. If you're going to participate, this way I can see who's going to participate and who (laughs) I need to focus on during the message. So... Yeah, I'm not going to single anybody out. So take out your phone. You can just click on that thing. So t- open up your camera for those of you that don't know how QR code works. Open up your camera. Focus on that little um, thing. Um, click on that. And then you can register for 21 days of prayer. What we will do is we will send you um, for 21 days what we are praying for. Every day we'll give you instruction. Now, the fasting part is not going to be complicated. You can decide what you want to fast. It's really up to you. As I said last week, I've already kind of made up my mind. I'm going to fast all bread, all wheat, all sugar, all, um, you know, pastas, rice, everything else. I'm going to eat um, fruits and vegetables um, and meat um, as much as I possibly can. Um, (laughs) But on Wednesdays, I'm going to have a full fast. So as a church, I want to encourage all of you to join us for three Wednesdays. For a full fast. And during that time. Where I was going to eat or prepare food. Instead of that I'm going to pray. I'm going to take a moment. And I'm going to pray for those who are lost. And those that God has placed on my heart. I'm going to step into a gap for them. Now maybe you can't fast food. Um, That's okay also. You can decide. Anjo my son and them in Minnesota. The fast for the youth. For 21 days was social media. Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. So. So, and, and they set up an accountability group amongst themselves to say, we're going to hold each other accountable for 21 days that we are no, not going to interact on those platforms. So, so if you're somebody who's younger and there's something, there, it might be something, maybe it's alcohol. Maybe, listen, you're starting to, to go down a road and it's an unhealthy habit and you want to break that cycle, 21 days will break it. So, it will be good for you, but also it is saying, God, I'm going to lay something down I'm going to put something that I have as as value, that's valuable. I'm going to put it down, and I'm going to raise up other people in prayer during that time instead. Everybody there? Okay, if you haven't taken a picture yet, you can still take the picture. It's going to stay up there for a few more seconds. Um, I want to encourage you. So on the 10th of April, we will start as a church um, praying and fasting um, for those in our community, those who need to know God. Okay, so I hope to see a few hundred people sign up for this thing. I hope to see that we as a body move from the place where we are simply consuming a message and worship on um, and coffee and donuts and Starbucks on a Sunday morning to a place where we are going to contribute. And I am responsible for the. If there's a seat empty next to you, I want you to look at that seat. You're responsible for that seat. Not me. It's not the message. It is not the worship. You are responsible for the seats that's open next to you. You are the ones that are supposed to reach out to be the hands and feet of the body of Christ so that everybody gets to hear the good news and not just some. And what happens in prayer, what I have found spending time with God is God gives me words and wisdom and instruction that I cannot come up with. There is no way that when I approach certain people and God placed words in my mouth, I leave there sometimes and, and I'm, I'm amazed at myself knowing that I did not do that. And I'm amazed that, that I opened up my mouth and suddenly God gave these words of wisdom. And you know where that comes from? Prayer and fasting. Spending time with God. Jesus said, be ready in and out of season. Body, let's get ready in and out of season. Let's get ready to respond appropriately, accurately, with life. Not condemnation and not guilt. Life. Two trees in the Garden of Eden. Tree of knowledge, more than two, but two main ones. Tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. God said, do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And God placed them outside of the garden before they could eat from the tree of life. Which means every single one of us have the ability to determine what is good and what is evil. Every single one of you sitting here, you know good and evil. But the second tree, the tree of life, that is one which only our Savior knows. So when I counsel people, I have the ability to determine good and evil in the moment. What you're doing is wrong. So I can eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Whoever I talk to, whatever your neighbors, whoever your friends are, you can have good and evil knowledge in the moment because we all, um, because of Adam, we all partaked, partook from, we all ate. We, what's the word there? We have all partaken. That's very We've partooken. We've partooken from it. And you know it, right? You know good and evil because you've partaken from it. That's <laughs> it's a new word. But here's the thing. The tree of life is something which we have to go to every single day in every situation. Who's the tree of life? Jesus said, I am. He is life. So tree of life means when somebody comes across your path, I don't go good and evil because we can determine that with e- without asking God. God, is this right or wrong? You know it's right or wrong. You know, but God, I want, I want to eat from the tree of life right now. For what result? So that who I'm talking to will experience life and what they are going through. It's not the knowledge of good because they have it also. But it's what can I say to them in this moment and this situation that will bring life into them? So prayer and fasting is sitting basically at the tree of life and just going, I'm just going to eat from you. Jesus, I'm just going to eat from you. I know that you're going to bring things into my heart. Um, when I read the word and I go to bed at night, I'm like, okay, so I'm thinking about this word. And, and as I'm lying in bed and I start meditating on the word, meaning I'm going over it and I ask him questions. It's like I'm sitting at the tree of life's feet and I ask questions about the scripture, about how does this apply? How does this work? This doesn't make sense. Can you give me another view? Give me another angle. And then he gives me other angles that helps me understand. That's the tree of life we should all eat from on a daily basis. Every day. You should should be chewing on that thing. So stop partooking from the other one, and let's eat from the tree of life. Okay, here we are at the message. We're in a series called um, Christians, uh, I Dare You. Christians, if you're a Christian and you're here, I dare you. Last week we started with the first idea, and the first idea is: I dare you to stand out, and I dare you to be different. I dare you to be somebody that simply is not going to conform to everything that the world tells you you should conform to. This is an amazing book of Daniel. We're going to spend a few months in Daniel. Um, we're going to look at the person. We're going to look at his prophetic um, words that he's given, and. And every single aspect of this book, I feel, is so relevant to what's going on in the world right now. We live in a world that wants us to conform and just be like everybody else around us and like everyone else around us. And it seems, it seems like it would be easier and way less complicated to just fit in. It seems like it would be just so much easier to, to just go, you know what, Uh, Is it really worth fighting for? No, it's not such a big deal. Right? Let's just fit in with the world. But here's the problem. The things that the world is trying to conform us as believers and the world to, all of those things are damaging. It might not appear that way at first, like Daniel. I mean, Daniel, Daniel, <laughs> so he's, he's, a, he's a captive, goes to, out of Jerusalem to Babylon. And then, because he's one of the elite boys, the good-looking, clever, athletic, or whatever they were looking for, that he singled out, him and his group of friends, they get placed in the king's palace. They go from Jerusalem, normal kids, to palace life. And in palace life, they get palace food, they get palace wine. They live in the city Babylon that's one of the most amazing cities. Like when you walk the streets, you're going, man, this, this is a city, right? Uh, th- this is one of the, the best. Ci- what are the cities that they call right now that the people are struggling to decide if Vancouver is one or not? A 15-minute city. Yeah, this is a 15-minute city. I don't know what it means. But th- this is it. Like, like we've come. It's happening. We've moved from Jerusalem to the 15-minute city. And it's very appealing. It seems way better than the boring town where they were from. And it's way better than the the old thoughts that they had and the old doctrines that they used to to have. And it's way better than the old faith that they have because here, really, anything goes. Seems way better. Why hold on to those old values, especially the ones that, that are restricting me? So they get placed into schools. These slaves get placed into schools for three years, and they have these teachers from Babylon teaching them history, language, and new faith. So they're busy educating these guys, and they're trying to brainwash them. And throughout this process, I'm convinced because I've seen it today. I've seen it with young people who go off to school. They come back, and they have this mindset of, of, you know, my parents, you know, (laughs) they're so sweet. (laughs) You know, I just love their hearts, right? I just... (laughs) But they're so wrong, right? It's like, uh, you know, if only they know what my professors know, right? If only they know what, what you know, really what, really, what the truth is. Um, they think they're right, but they are not. They are completely wrong. And, and, you know, we've been wrong in some things. Here are some things that your parents told you to do that's bad for you that we now know is not true uh here's the first the first one if your parents ever told you um don't go cross-eyed don't like how many of you can make your eyes cross-eyed okay let's see it let's do it okay how many of you can do one eye oh yeah that's that's mad skill so uh, what did they tell you if in south africa the the thing was if the church bell rings While you are crossing your eyes, they're going to stay that way, right? All right, you heard that. Did you ever hear that? Yeah, South Africa, it's like a thing. Okay, we know that's not true. Um, The next one, if you touch a toad, you will get warts. Do you know that one? Yeah. First of all, who wants to touch a toad? Like, let's just start there. Like, my parents didn't have to warn me with that one. I was good with that one. Uh, This one is one of my favorite ones. The family pet is living happily on a farm in another province. (laughs) Yeah, well, sure. Um, This one uh, we've used a lot, but um, drinking coffee stunts your growth. Do you know that's a myth? Absolute myth but what drinking coffee will do to kids is it would make the parents crazy <laughs> because they already have enough energy. Like, why on earth would I want Lene to have more? Makes no sense. And this last one, every parent in this room have used this one. You are the most talented kid in the world. <laughs> right? We know that's a lie. You know it. Come on. Own up to it. That's a lie. Now, these things... Were made up. Yeah, I know it hurts. If uh, listen, yeah, if your parents told you that and you hear, it's like I don't know if I told you about Santa Claus. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna go there. Now. Okay. Okay. So, 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 here's the thing: is is many of these things that, that were made up, they were create created to to cause um, for us not to react or to have reactions towards certain things. It was things that parents created because they wanted to protect their kids or they, they wanted to protect themselves. And these were all very innocent. But the conformity in Babylon, what they wanted there, it wasn't just simple things. It was major. And as we will discover over the next few few months, <laughs> some of you months in Daniel, it's going to be awesome. Um, you will discover and see it is the world that we are living in today. I want you to be aware that the strategy of the enemy has not changed since uh, 586 BC. It is still the same as it was before then. The strategy has not changed. That's why the Bible is so awesome because we can read the Bible and God is like, you know what you're going through? I've got, I've got it right there for you. That's why no word needs to be added or taken away from the word because it's complete. It's complete. So recognize that, that maybe you've been swept into a world and as you are sitting here today, I want you to recognize maybe, maybe, maybe you've taken steps into Babylon and you are fooling yourself thinking that I can handle it. I want you to know that this world that seems so attractive has one purpose in mind for you. Only one purpose. To keep you from a relationship with God. Why? Why does the world want to keep us from relationship? Well, because if, if, if it can keep you from God, you are guaranteed to eventually, you are going to eat the fruit of the world, which means you're going to produce the fruit of the world. And the fruit of the world leads to death and destruction. Might start off really nice. Might start off as beautiful blossoms. The fruit of the world is what? If I can get you to eat... Um, no morals, no values. The, the, really the only thing that I want you to, to, to eat from is as long as you're happy. That's all that matters. If I can get people to eat that fruit, as long as you are happy, really you do not have to care about morals or principles. Eat that fruit. Happiness is what life is about. Listen now, now does God not want us to be happy? Yes, of course He wants us to be happy. He's the only one that really knows how you are going to live in happiness. And not just start off in it and then die in the fruit of the fruit of Babylon. What's the fruit of Babylon that you will start to bear if you just eat the fruit of Babylon? The fruit you will bear is depression, anxiety. Come on, tell me you can't see this in the world right now. Depression, anxiety, fear, people in absolute fear, compromising values, selling of yourself, that will be the fruit you will eventually bear. So from the first chapter of Daniel, we have discovered in order to be different, you have to recognize and I have to recognize and I have to respond appropriately to what's going on around us. Now, I am not, I want to say this again, I am not a conspiracy theorist. I am not someone um, who believes in the flat earth. Um, I, I, this is not a message about, oh, Andreas, your thinking is just, I'm not close-minded at all. I am so open-minded to God's ways. I, can, I, I can't express to you how open-minded I am to God's ways. Why am I so open-minded to His ways? Because it leads towards life. I am closed-minded towards things that lead towards death. I will not entertain them. So we have to choose. Your life is, is a whole accumulation of choices and decisions towards where you want your thinking and your thoughts to go. So four principles that, that we will learn in, in Daniel chapter 1. First thing that we looked at last week, life happens unexpectedly. I'm not going to go into that again. Go and listen to the message. Second thing we looked at is the world demands conformity. The third principle, the one we're going to look at right now, really quick. And this is the crux of the whole message. The two weeks commitment starts inwardly; it's where it all begins. The third principle: commitment begins inwardly. Daniel chapter, um, Daniel chapter, Daniel, Daniel chapter one, verse eight. Let's read it. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Next one. You can keep going. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my lord, the king, who who has assigned your food and drink. Why, should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age, the king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the God whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Please test your servants for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. Hmm. I want to say to you, I, I'm convinced that after the 21 days of fast, we should do a test. I want everybody to take a before and after picture. Um, like one of those you see on TV, but wear clothes. Um, <laughs> please. And don't share them with the whole congregation or with the people on the list. But, but we will recognize it on Sundays that you're looking way better. So, so, so here's the thing that I want you to notice from that. It. it says in the New King James, it says, Daniel purposed in his heart the word there that is used is the word Daniel had resolved Daniel resolved now it means that he made an inward commitment it's something that he decided on the inside that was not going to change or shift his thinking I'm not going to move from this he said I have decided on the inside for myself what I will allow and not allow. The choices you make will affect your future. I think this choice right here affects the rest of the book of Daniel. This choice, this decision is the setup for everything else that happens. It was that inward decision that Daniel made right here that will determine the rest of his life. If he doesn't make this singular choice, he would not be able to influence the nation later on. It's this choice. This purpose of heart that they made Daniel become the man who he was. Um, so what was the choice? What was the turn in the road for Daniel? What was this, this big choice that Daniel made? Simply this. He made a choice and the choice was, I'm going to be distinct. I'm going To not go along with what the rest of them are going to do. In other words, the text said, he said, I am not going to defile myself. What does defile yourself mean? Now, there are things in life that can defile you. That can taint you. There are things in life that can corrupt you. That can pollute you. See, for Daniel, he was like, I'm okay with learning a new language. Problem, Dan is like, I'm okay with learning the history, I'm good with that. I can learn the world's history, no problem, learn new languages, no problem, I can learn their ways and mannerisms, no problem. But I have a problem, I have a problem when it comes to eating their food. This is where I'm going to draw the line. Now, again, this doesn't make sense. Why draw the line with food? It's good food, it's the king's food, it's the king's wine. The reason why he's drawing the line with the food is because Daniel was Jewish. And there were certain food that were prohibited by the law. The Levitical law prohibited them from eating certain food. So, so not only that, but history tells us that the food in Babylon... First of all, before it came to the king's palace, to the king's table, it was the same food that was sacrificed to idols first. So, to pagan gods, it was sacrificial food that, would tra- that they were taken to the um, to the, the gods, the pagan gods, and then from there it will be brought to the king's table, and then the king would eat from it. So this would defile him. And to eat and partake of this was part of the worship service to the pagan gods. So Daniel would then be partaking in worshiping pagan gods. So for Daniel, this was a line. He's like, I'm drawing the line here. I'm not going to define myself with this food. Now, Now, some reading this will go, what's the big deal, Daniel? I mean, come on, let's think about it. You are 650 miles away from home. Nobody's here to see you. You're in Babylon, baby. What happens in Babylon stays in Babylon. Nobody's going to know. Everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is in it. Why are you worried about this? Or they would say, Daniel, I feel that you are a little too legalistic, brother. Oh, no, they wouldn't say that. It's these guys. Daniel, I feel that you might be a little religious, brother, sister. Why are you so over-religious, And Daniel said, listen, I don't care what you think. That should become part of our language. I don't care what the king thinks. Here is where I draw the line. Now, I want you to understand, drawing lines is part of life. Nobody in here will get away from drawing a line at some point in time if you're going to worship God. It's part of life. We, we are not removed from this world. We are in this world, but not of it. So if we are in this world, it means that we must be able to determine w- what lines do I have to draw in every area of my life. There are certain places where I have to draw the line. To say, I don't care what you think, I'm going to do things differently. And unless you know God, <laughs> and unless you know His principles, most of us will not be able to draw a line at all because we don't know where the line is supposed to be. And some of us, where there's been a line in the sand, we've kind of gone, I'm just going to move that one. It's going to be way more comfortable if the line is over here. Right? Because then I didn't overstep that one. No, the line's way further. I feel way better about that one reality is God's principles, they are there. What are lines for? Where is it? Where is the line? What is too far? Like what is I've gone too far? What is permissible? Dating, relationships, what is permissible? Like what is I've gone too far? What is, mm, that's bad. And this is what's so amazing for us as believers. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Now, for for those living in those days, they had Levitical law, which was, and there's a a debate about it. It was either 565 or 615 or something in between laws. So they had the Ten Commandments, and then they had fence laws, which they set up so that I never want to get to breaking the commandments. I'm going to set up a whole bunch of other laws before I get to that commandment. So... They had all these fence laws set, set up in between. So, so, you know, that was their system. We have the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. There's this, this amazing scripture in John 16. It says, unless I go away, this is Jesus speaking, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin. <laughs> That's an awesome scripture. He will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. And now he explains that statement. Listen to the explanation. He's going to prove the world to be wrong about sin. About sin. Here we go. First of all, because people do not believe in me. So the conviction, another translation would say the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin. The conviction of sin is because they do not believe in Jesus Christ. Why is that the conviction of sin? Because the moment... It's not sin all the mistakes you've ever made in your life. One singular sin the Holy Spirit will convict you of, which is what? Accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. So you might be doing stuff wrong, and you need to know that that conviction that's happening there is really for the purpose for you to understand that you need a Savior. And you can't do this on your own. And then about righteousness. Now he's done with sin. Don't think he's carrying on with sin. He's already convicted the world of sin. Now you've accepted Christ. Now when you become a Christian, I'm going to convict you now of righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness means I am in right standing with God. My sin has been dealt with. I have a Savior. And I'm going to constantly, the Holy Spirit is constantly going to convict you that you are not the dirt and the scum of the earth. You are no longer a slave to sin. You are no longer just the dust on the bottom of the feet. You are no longer the worm in an apple. You are now the righteousness of God, which means you are a son and a daughter of the Most High. So the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin until they accept Christ. Now that I've accepted Christ, I'm going to convict you of righteousness. You are in right standing with God. You have a purpose. God has a plan. He knows why He made you. Come on, when you go and make a decision, it's not that He comes to you and He condemns and He guilts you. He goes to me, hey, you're a son of God. Rise up to who you are. Don't stoop down to who you used to be. Rise up. And then of judgment. And this is the, again, this judgment that He convicts us of is not that we're going to stand in front of God's seat and we're going to shake our knees because we're going to be so, so scared of the judgment. If we stand in front of God's seat and we shake our needs because of his awe, it's not because of fear of judgment. Why? Because Christ already died for our judgment. So this judgment is not the condemnation of sin judgment. Judgment because he's already judged the enemy and he's declared him as being defeated. So the Holy Spirit's going to convict you. You are not a slave to sin. The enemy has been defeated. Death will not hold you down. So we have to understand this passage. This is what you have inside of you. Every single one of you. When you accept Christ, that voice is in you. And it's there to guide you. So we have the guideline for lines. We have the guideline for, for when I go to a place, it might be, he's going, hey, hey son, you know, um, maybe... Maybe it's time for you to change your conversation. The line, you are approaching a line of where you're going to gossip and break other people down. Holy Spirit comes to me and says, hey son, I want you to change the conversation. I'm calling you to be an encourager and an uplifter. Draw the line, step away from it. Maybe it's time for you to leave this party. Like you there and you're rocking it. All the guys dance moves. This is what we've got. Now, John, I've seen you. I know what you do. Right? That's our moves. And he's like, hey, you know what? I think it's time for you to go. It's, for, your, for your safety, I'm drawing the line in your heart because I know what's coming after 12. Nothing good happens after 12. Yeah. Can I get a witness? Yeah. All the old people go, yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> right? And maybe it's time for you to go, uh, you know, maybe you've had enough. Maybe you've had enough. Maybe it's time for you to change this path. Like, uh, we, with the Holy Spirit in me, in you, we have the ability to figure out the lines that's there to protect us, not just to protect us, but gives us the opportunity to continue with our testimony. Because every single one of you have a testimony and people you are supposed to influence for the kingdom's sake. So it's not just for you, it's for others. But besides that, I want you to understand, does this mean we, we can neglect the word? Because all Daniel had was the laws. Can we now no longer, we don't have to read the Bible? no. Everything that the Holy Spirit guides you in is confirmed in the Word. And you want to be able on a moment's notice to recall what the Word says on something and go, yeah, that's God. Because the enemy will definitely come and try and deceive you. You must be able to identify God's plans and purposes so that you can draw lines. Not just for your benefit, but for others. You see, Daniel wasn't looking for excuses Daniel had a purpose. Why did he say, this is the line, I'm going to draw the line. What was the purpose for the line? Purpose for the line was relationship with God. Because based on the Levitical law, the only way for the Jewish people to remain in relationship with God was if they obeyed the laws. And if you disobey the law, it means God's presence is removed from you. But when you obey the law, it means God's presence is with you. Daniel had a purpose to carry God's presence. And that should be our purpose. Why do I not want to look like the world? Why do I want to do things different? Because I have this purpose to carry God's presence with me. Because when he's there, there's nothing better. There's nothing better. Daniel didn't need an excuse because he had a purpose. Now, you know how important that is? Proverbs says, um, I think it's in Proverbs 4 might be, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it will proceed the issues of life. I think it's 423 if I remember correctly. Keep your heart with all diligence. Keep your heart. The decisions that you are making, make sure that those decisions stay there. I'm going to try and really finish quickly. So, Which means the question that I have for every single one of you here. This is the question I want you to think of now. Because the Holy Spirit will respond if you ask the question, what's defiling me? Father God, what have I allowed in my life that's defiling me? What am I looking at? What am I listening to? What am I engaged in? What is defiling me? What am I eating? What am I drinking? What am I smoking? I don't, but what are you? What am I doing that will cause me to step over lines or compromise lines that means that your presence, I'm neglecting your presence. Oh, it's okay. It's not that bad. Don't be Babylon. Have that decision in your heart to understand that there are things that are right and wrong. And the reason why I want to be in the right, is because I know I'm carrying God's presence. There is purpose for it. Living a life with the awareness. And that nobody else is watching. Right, This is the awareness that we have. Nobody else is watching. I mean, I see more boldness on emails and social media than people in my days would have in person I mean if you said certain things to people in person they would knock you out now you you have these these anonymous people making comments and and there's this awareness that you think nobody knows it was me nobody's watching nobody's aware that I did these things but you've got to know this God is and his principles are and his word is watching over his principles and because his word is watching over his principles it means consequence is watching over the principles that the word's watching which will cause consequence listening to god and to his spirit i want you i've said this already god has already judged sin so if you if you've accepted christ realize that the consequence of sin is not there eternally. The penalty of sin has been removed eternally. But physically many are suffering the consequence of sin and choices. Physically right here. Consequence remains for actions while you are alive. You see, your reputation is what people see on the outside. Your character is who you are on the inside when nobody's looking. Now, we we have this amazing grace that even though we've done things in sin and there are consequences that we are currently in, what's amazing about grace is what the enemy meant for evil, God redeems what the enemy meant to destroy, God uses against him. So even though there are consequences that you might be currently in because you crossed lines that you know you shouldn't have crossed, because you opened up doors that you know that you should have kept closed, it might be a relationship that you are currently in that's causing destruction. It might be friendship circles that you have to change. Uh, there are consequences for the decisions that you're going to make it, That is not removed from you. But you have God's grace for you in this situation. And you have to decide, where am I going to draw the line? Uh, I have to decide where I'm going to finish. I'll finish with that and I'll just speak to you. Worship team, you can come up quickly. We'll do Build My Life. Um. As I'm studying Daniel, as I'm reading through this, this amazing book, and as I'm looking at what's going on in Daniel's life, and I'm looking at the people surrounding him, and I'm looking at culture today, and I look at this body, I realize that, that there are so many things that we are dealing with that are hard and difficult. Um, it's easy to compromise. But, Life Church, I want to encourage every single one of you. That you are not someone who is walking around without power, and you do not have to do this in your own ability. The Spirit of God is alive in every single one of you, and any challenge that comes across your path, God is more than able to not only get you through it, but for you to have a testimony because of it. If you make a decision like daniel i'm going to value my relationship with god i'm going to value his principles his word is going to watch over that and he will perform the promises that he has in his word regarding you honoring the principles are you saved when you accept christ yes is your sin paid for yes are you free yes but this is the place I want to say I think in the world this is the time for the church to draw lines in the sand and I can't draw it for you your wife can't draw it for you your parents can't draw it for you you have to draw it yourself God's Spirit will lead you the Word will affirm it and confirm it but it's yours to make now it all starts first of all relationship with christ that's where it starts because without that you're on your own it's like i said earlier dry bones you can speak to dry bones as much as you want if god's not there it's just you speaking to dry bones so it starts with accepting christ as your lord and savior number one that's the first thing that you must have so i want to give i want to give an opportunity i want to ask everybody to close their eyes please bow your heads heads down eyes closed I know the Spirit of God is speaking to our hearts and He's spoken to some of you here today and maybe you have never said yes to Jesus before. I want to tell you, saying yes to Jesus means that your sin has been dealt with. Saying yes to Jesus means that I accept Christ as my Savior and I'm going to follow His ways because it leads towards life. Saying yes to Him means that my journey starts today. And He's going to equip me and help me to make the choices and the decisions that I must make to become everything that He's created me to be. If you've never said yes to Him before, this is your opportunity. This is your time to say, Christ, I want to live my life for you. And it's as simple as right now. If you want to say yes, I just ask that you would raise your hand and then you can take it down again. Thank you. Awesome. Fantastic. I want to say again, if you've never said yes to Jesus before and you feel there's a stirring on the inside of you, you've got no idea what it is. I want to tell you, it's not breakfast, talking or coffee. That stirring that's in your heart right now is God's Spirit speaking to you saying, I'm chasing after you. I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. So if you've never said yes to Him before, to that what is stirring inside of you, I'm going to give you the opportunity again. If you've never said yes, I'm going to give you the opportunity. Simply raise your hand and you can take it down again. We've already had two hands raised, three hands raised. Fantastic. Awesome. I want everybody to pray with me. Jesus Christ, Son of God, I accept you as my Savior. Thank you for loving me thank you for chasing me down thank you for never giving up on me i want to live my life for you amen amen now if you prayed that prayer what i want to encourage you to do is right after the service our prayer team is going to be in front i want you to come to one of them and say i prayed the prayer for salvation the reason why i want you to do this is because this is the start of your journey in a new life and we need to be surrounded by people that can help us and guide us and steer us and show us what to do next where God wants us to go I don't want you to walk this road alone because the enemy will come after you because he's just lost one he's lost three Amen So just come and allow allow them to pray with you and stand with you. And we look forward as a church, I want to tell you, I'm excited about the journey that we want to walk with you as you discover God's purposes and plans for your life because he has amazing plans for you better than you can ever imagine. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.